Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Welcome to Why Jesus Podcast, Episode 3. Today we have a guest speaker, Autumn Duick. Hi everyone, I'm Autumn. I am a mother of two, and I have two dogs, and I used to be a youth pastor, and that's how I got to know these guys. They were youth leaders with me. For how many years? A few. A I few. think since year one for you, hey? Yeah, we've been there the whole time. Me and Brandon anyways. Well, me. Brandon left in between. Oh, yeah. He just abandoned us. And Levi joined us at the end. Yeah. Well, I was I was there from the beginning, but as a student. So. Yes. Yeah, I did. That's true. What a, what a great honor that was. I was a child. You were a baby. Yeah. He was like 13. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the camouflage phase. Oh. oh, I remember the camouflage phase. Gross, it's good to all the attitude. Yeah. Apparently. Lovable, though. Very lovable. Very lovable 13-year-old. We, we love but... you. It's not how it's sounding. But... Oh, it's okay. You're, you're here now. We love you. Oh, man. Today we're going to be talking about community. Uh, just what it's what it means to be a part of a community in Christ and just um, building into each other, as uh, Proverbs 27, verse 17 says. Hmm. Community. Tribe. Random words. <laughs> no, those are good words. I don't know. <laughs> They're probably in the top, like, top ten words, for sure. Of the world. Well, of this podcast. Yeah. No, we have papers that have lots of words on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just reminded, actually, of, of, of a different tribe. Because I think we're going to be talking about different tribes. And I have a work tribe. And, like, it's really cool because, like, that's more of a pouring into kind of tribe where I just like I don't go there expecting to be like poured into so it's kind of cool I love work except for today but that's <laughs> alright work has its challenges working at McDonald's but it's good yeah I get that like the pouring into of other people because you just don't have like it's not a, a place uh, of people that are fully Christian right like or like it's not full of Christians it's full of people from all walks of life and all yeah. um, beliefs and stuff like that and it just makes getting poured into a lot harder because um, you're constantly surrounded by people that are not um, on the same walk as you, and uh, and your and your like customers and stuff too. They're not there. They're not there to love you. No. Nope. <laughs> they're there to get their food. And their uh, double doubles. And their double doubles. Unless I'm your customer, because I come through and I make sure I make Brandon smile. It's true. Yeah. You and your child. <laughs> Just the one. Yes, Cedric doesn't talk yet. No. But uh, Oren will constantly ask for <laughs> yeah. Brandon through yeah. the drive-thru. Actually. Is Brandon there? That's Brandon? Awesome. And then he'll be like, who's he? <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh, that's Brandon. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good time. Oh, man. What is the, the idea or what is the goal of having people around you that pour, pours into you, I guess? Like, what's the point? Yeah, what's yeah. the point? Yeah, I think for me, like, the point of having people around me to pour into me is that, like, when I'm pouring into other people, it's draining me, right? And constantly being drained. And I was just, like, talking. Um, we, we have a chat going. And, and in the chat, I was just saying how, like, the the times in my life where I've been, like, the happiest or the, the most joyful and the, and the closest to God, too, is the times that I've had uh, the right people in my life surrounding me and just, like, pouring into me and, and just building a great community around me. Um, I, I go back and think of, of junior youth specifically because that's where like all these guys are from. And uh, just the community we had there, we were constantly building into each other and we were constantly 
um, doing stuff other than ministry, um, you know, we every every Monday we would go out to Smitty's and we'd have great conversations. We'd have uh, uplifting conversations and and uh, just time in fellowship, um, eating together around a table. I know Brandon loves eating together around a table, but uh, I love tables. Yeah, I love eating. <laughs> yeah. it was just a perfect mixture yeah it was um, good yeah and uh, i just remember those times being like the highlights or the mountaintops if you will well i think um most of if i think of most of my life i didn't really think too much about community or building community or what that would look like at all um i mean i thought about friends often and mm. trying to keep them and trying to you know, go through the making sure that you're still friends with other people and <laughs> and how to fit in and how to get in with the cool groups and stuff like that. But it was only until, yeah, probably junior youth that I really started to think about, well, how do I build a good community? How do I make this happen around me um, versus just letting people treat me a certain way or, you know, just seeing how things fall around me? Yeah. How do I actually build into this? How do I yeah. like work on it? You know, and when I started to actually work on community around me, I started to see the benefits of it and started to um, have people who would, you know, back me no matter what or uplift me or, you know, if I was having a bad day, there was people I could actually talk to yeah. instead of these people causing me to have a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Things like that. So it was definitely after, yeah, a few years after high school um, that I really started to think about community and, and how it would matter in my life. Yeah, I think that's something that like we're so focused in like junior or in like um, junior high and, and high school on popularity and, and and sports and school and all this other stuff that we don't actually look at the people around us. We just kind of fill a void that's there, and we just push people into there, hoping for the best instead of like being intentional about mm. about grabbing the right people. Totally. So. And what I found actually in with adults is that they don't just try to fill a void with just random people but they just kind of live in a void. You know, mm. I've talked to so many adults who are, who are lonely and don't mm. know community, um, who will go to social events but not know how to make friends or talk to different people, who won't know, yeah, just, like, how to actually have community in their life. They just kind of live yeah. in, well, I guess I have my one friend and that's kind of it right now, mm. you know? And I think that's kind of sad in that um, we don't learn how to actually build these relationships and make them better in our life and that's actually something we can take a hold of and do something about yeah yeah i know at, at uh, grace we've been talking a lot about discipleship and stuff like that too and i just i kind of think that plays a lot into training young people to already be thinking about that before they leave high school and be preparing themselves for a life where you know there's not somebody who's just going to be sitting next to you in a class that you can just lean over and say hey what's up like and, and and talk to and just make conversation with you actually have to go out you have to do stuff you have to be intentional you have to spend the time right like you could before you could just walk through the hallway and say hi to you know 50 people and now it's like yep. if i want to say hi to somebody i have to literally get in my car yeah. drive to that person's house yeah and say hi <laughs> and obviously if you're making that effort you want to do something more than say yeah. hi right you want to have a conversation you want to you want to hang out you want to do stuff so i don't know yeah and if you look back in high school like how deep were those conversations that were like they weren't really deep at all like no you said hey to someone in the hallway and that was it like you asked them how they're doing they're fine and that's it you know and just seeing seeing that and just like wishing i knew that in high school it's just like I, I I had a group of friends 
and I was more like Autumn was saying I was more worried about like losing them and like I remember I had one deep conversation at like an iceberg at like 10 o'clock at night with, with one of them and it was awesome like, I loved it you know like we were being open and just sharing some hard stuff and and that was it you know like there was no follow up there was no nothing so yeah it's it's definitely worth it just like I don't know, going deep and having those conversations I think <laughs> with with a solid group of community around you when mm. you find that community yeah, and I think when we were prepping, we were talking a little bit about finding different <coughs> tribes for different parts of our lives. Um, Autumn, you had some ideas around that. I don't know if you yeah. want to speak to that a little bit. Um, what I found after after high school, but especially after becoming a mom, was that I started to have different people for different things. You know, um, I'd have my youth youth life in a way um, where I needed people to be on board with mentoring teenagers and loving Jesus and, (laughs) you know, understanding what all went into youth. Um, And those were the people that I talked to about youth things. Um, And that was my tribe, you know, my, my Monday family, my tribe. Um, But I also had my mom friends, you know, because I I don't know how interested you guys would have been in, (laughs) you know, the whole diapers feeding, uh, they're growing out of these clothes again, you know. Uh, (laughs) It's amazing how uh, much moms can talk about their kids, you know, Um, and it's good, but yeah, but certain people aren't going to be that interested in that. So I had my mom tribe and certain people that I went to with mom stuff, you know. Um, and I think that's okay to have different tribes for different parts of your life. I used to think that I would want these friends to be, you know, this sole purpose and stuff. Yeah. And especially yeah. with mentors, I would look for like a mentor who would fit all the parts of my life and I couldn't ever find that. And so I started to meet with certain people. This person was for youth. This person yeah. was for, you know, I met with somebody who, um, I really admired who was in a uh, female in leadership because it was like, okay, I could really use a mentor in that, right. mm-hmm. um, yeah. mentors in being a mom mentors in marriage you know (laughs) and like they didn't fill all the aspects of my life and that was okay and I think it's the same with your tribe you have your work friends and that's good you know Um, you might have church friends that's good and there's times where those will intertwine but um, if they don't all the time that's okay yeah exactly yeah I find it um, I think that's probably the hardest part of of finding the right group of people is because you so badly some like Anyways, like I do anyways, um, so badly want to commit to like four people and I'm going to be like, these are the four people I'm going to hang out with. And then I try to branch off a little bit and it's like, wow, like where does the time go? Like I have no time to spend, I, like I can't invest in everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just about, you know, picking, picking the right time and investing the right amount of um, energy into each relationship versus uh, trying to give it you're all, all the time with everybody, you know, like, because, yeah, it's just too much if you're trying to treat everyone as if they're the, the sole pro, uh, provider of everything, yes, you know? Yes, totally. Because um, if, like, if I went to Brandon with everything, but then also went to Levi with everything, and then went to another friend with everything, it's like, I'm unloading all this, and then I have to take in just as much as I unload from each of them, um, and from every aspect of their life versus just the aspects that we actually connect in, you know? Mm. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, it totally makes sense, right? And there's going to be parts of your life that they might not understand as much, you know? You might, like I said before, you might have a work mentor or work people who know work, (laughs) you know? And and you might talk to your friends about, like, some of that too because they understand different relationships, but some of work stuff they're just not really going to totally get. 
no one understands financial statements and no, tax. I just yeah. got online banking. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's true. And I, I don't this know how to use week. it. I just, I just see my money is still there, and it's like, well, good, no one's stolen it, so that's nice. And then I just... The internet people didn't steal it. <laughs> they didn't hack into my... There's a process for you to get that to him. Oh, my word. It's always a process. <laughs> Technology is not my, not my friend. But yeah. Something that you were saying, Jordan, about, um, yeah, there's different different people that you go to with stuff like something that we talk about at youth all the time is like it's important for everybody to have like a support network right and so mm. you know I think you know if you have friends or if you have people that you're mentoring or that you have some sort of connection with like it's okay if you're not the person that they come to with everything as long as there is a person that they have for that right yeah. you know it's like I don't for the most part, I pretty much tell you guys everything. But, like, there's some people that I'm really close with, but I don't really tell them a whole lot because, like, well, I've already told three other people. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't need to, but if those yeah. people are out of the country or dead or something, then I can go to that person, right? Like, that's kind of how I look Worst at it. Worst case Cause scenario. Because, like, yeah. well, people, people die, people go on vacation, people, yeah. you know, move away, yeah. so, you know. Well, like, because, like, I guess I had a different, like, experience when I was in high school like that because I had, you know, because in grade 11 I started being involved in youth, so I had friends from youth, and then I had friends from school, and then I also did camp and stuff, so I had friends from camp, right, so I had three networks, right, so when everyone was, like, kind of freaking out about graduating, they wouldn't have any friends, like, well, I still got, like, you know, two-thirds of a mine, so it's not really, it wasn't really a big deal for me, you know, but then, you know, I hear from my friends that come back from university, and it's like, you know, it's weird being in a new city with half a million people, and, you know, one other person, you know, and it's like... It's hard. I've done that a couple of times where I've been in places where I don't have my network. And that is hard. Mm. It's hard to feel lonely on a regular basis. You know, um, it's hard to meet new people and like not know how to bridge that gap. And you're yeah. like, well, we can't talk about when we were five and this thing happened at this birthday party and yeah. it was funny. Yeah. yeah. We don't have these inside yeah. jokes. What do we do? How do we like actually build a friendship? Those are those are tough times. Yeah. 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 I remember one time we uh, I had gone to go volunteer at YWAM Winnipeg right after I graduated and it was a very small team of us, very small. Mm-hmm. And um, they all kind of knew each other. And I didn't really. There was a couple of us that didn't really, but most of them kind of knew each other. And they were older than me and and whatever. And I remember Eric coming to visit me in the city, and I just cried and cried. I was like, I want to go home. I don't have friends. And all my friends were still in Winkler and whatever, you know. And he was like, you know, stick it out. I don't even know if he gave me a pep talk. He probably just, like, patted my head and told me it would be okay. But it was. It was totally okay. And once we kind of found our groove and we we became friends. And those were some very important people in my life for a long time after that. Um, But, like, I had never realized how difficult it would be to make those friendships. Mm. Because I'd never been put into that situation before that. You know, there was, like, work. You'd go to work and have to make a couple of friends. But even then, I worked at, like, Tim Hortons in high school, and all my friends worked there. (laughs) It was the best time. (laughs) So, like, this was the first time that it was like, oh, I'm on my own. Yeah. Now what? Yeah. It's weird how bad adults are at making friends, right? Like, because, like, as a kid, like, you know, like, in kindergarten, you met your best friend, like, on the first day, and, like, you both knew that you were best friends and all this stuff. You know? But it's like, because adults are just so much more insecure than kids, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, because... With, like, really good friends, you're okay if you're with each other, but you're not talking all the time, or there's not... But, like, when you're talking with a stranger and you're trying to get to know each other and there's silence, then it's awkward. But if you're 
with your best friend, then it's not awkward, right? Yeah. It's like adults are just so insecure about everything, right? And, you know. I think that that just made me kind of think of the verse that talks about like having a childlike faith and how it's like our a childlike faith would be a faith where we're totally not insecure with Jesus, you know, where we're telling him everything and being extremely vulnerable. Hmm. And it's it's so weird sometimes when I'm like praying or um, just thinking about where my life is at and I'm like I don't want to admit things to Jesus. It's like he already knows. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> he sees you. He sees everything I do. He he knows exactly what's going on in my life, and I'm like, I don't, I, I don't want to tell him. It's like, <laughs> like what kind of faith is that? And it, yeah. and then hmm. when you are, then you become vulnerable and you 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 share that part of your life with Jesus or whatever, and then it just brings so much freedom. And like, yeah, I just I, I look back at to at um, coming out of high school and. Um, I hadn't made any, like, close friends, and throughout all of high school, like, I didn't have any close guy friends, I didn't have anybody I could turn to, except for junior youth, and that's where I gave my my all, and then that's where, you know, every week, that's where I would be poured into, um, regardless of what, what I, the baggage I was bringing or whatever, like, that's where I got poured into, and it was just, it's crazy to see when you reveal your vulnerability to God, and he just takes that and, and uses it in a different way than you expect so yeah yeah it's crazy the things you can learn from kids right like <clears throat> you know like working at camp you know like i'm freaking out about some little thing but you know this other kid's like well as long as there's dirt to eat and i can you know go to archery or go to the pool or whatever you know like they're happy you know but like i'm freaking out about some like little detail or whatever or like you know stuff like that you know it's like just the the confidence that kids have that they aren't even aware of most of the time like i'm mm-hmm. sure there's you know, and once you get to, like, I don't know, puberty age or whatever, then the confidence goes away. <laughs> or whatever. Except for, like, the one kid who's overconfident, but... I was just thinking about how confident Orin is. Orin's three. And, like, he'll run into playing with kids, and they'll be like, No! Go away! And he'll, like, plop himself down. <laughs> he'll literally tell the kid, I don't want to play with you. And he'll be like, Oh, well, you know, you should. <laughs> So I don't know why you wouldn't want to play with me. Aren't we playing? <laughs> like, he just has no, like, yeah, he has no concept of, like, yeah, people wouldn't like him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He just, this is who I am, and you should accept it, and I'm fun. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, buddy. <laughs> You're right. You are fun. I, yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't want to play with him either, but... <laughs> He's must. Maybe a little bit biased. <laughs> maybe a little bit. It's pretty kid. cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. He's sweet. Yeah, just that confidence. And, like, I totally, totally think that we can get that from Jesus, right? Like Jordan was saying, that when we are confident in him and, like, you know, you go to Jesus with all of your, your baggage and your stuff, and he he's like, well, you're okay. There's grace. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly. forgiven. You're pure. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, it's already covered. It's already done. And it's like, oh okay, I, I guess I am an okay person, <laughs> yeah. you know, that the God of the universe would love me anyway, mm-hmm. and not even anyway, just love me, Yeah, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, and if we can gain that confidence in Jesus, then yeah, when we go to other people, if they don't like us, then, well, at least Jesus likes me. <laughs> <laughs> we still have one person to turn to or whatever, right? Uh, one, one other thing we had kind of discussed was um, Job and how he had this, community of guys around him who weren't weren't really the best of people they didn't always speak the nicest things into his life and uh i was just 
thinking over that and how um, looking back to high school again, um, I worked at McDonald's for four years and not a good community for me at the time. Um, I was not being a leader. I was not being like a Christian leader, I guess. Um, and that was just a time where they were tearing things down that I had built up, um, like safety nets. Um, for instance, swearing was a huge thing. Uh, so looking back at like grade five and before, um, I was just this kid that was like super Christian. I'm using air quotations. Um, like I would, I would call people out on reading Harry Potter. I would call people out on, you know, going trick or treating for Halloween. Cause that was the devil's birthday. Was, um, and then, you know, jump ahead to end of grade eight. I got a job at McDonald's and by grade nine, um, <laughs> I was using the F word no. uh, in casual conversation with people, um, or in my head quite often. And that followed me through probably to like middle of grade 11. I was already in youth ministry at that time. And that's something that just followed me into that. And, um, yeah, I had to cut it out, but that, that section of my life where I worked at McDonald's was just people were not, um, good influences on me. Mm -hmm. And I was, uh, so naive and so desperate for friendship that I just went to everyone who would give me the time of day. And so not a good, not a good idea to surround yourself with people that are, uh, not going to be speaking life into you and not going to be, you know, correcting things in your life where they see, they see correction needed, you know? It's so important to be intentional about who you're spending your time with. And that's not to say that you shouldn't hang out with non-Christians or anything like that. You should only surround yourself with church people. Um, but if you want to, you know, be strong in your faith, then you need to hang out with people who are strong in their faith. If you know, um, yeah, if you want to be joyful, you need to hang out with people who are joyful. You need to align mm-hmm. yourself with people who have the same goals as you in your life. It's so important. Um, yeah. If you don't, you're you're going to lose some of your passion for those things. You know, because mm-hmm. you're not going to be reminded of them. You're not going to be, you know, spurred forward in any way. You're just you're just going to have yourself to kind of like give yourself pep talks, yeah. talks to. I can do this. I can yeah. do this. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that eventually runs out. It totally does. Can't give yourself pep talks. Yeah. So like, you know, if you're going to work and you're around people who aren't Christians and stuff, then you have to make sure that you have community elsewhere where there are Christians and not just Christians who are like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah. Let's not talk about it. But people will really sit down Mm -hmm. with you and be like, okay, how, how are you going to hold strong to your faith at work? What does this look like for you? You know, what are your goals there? And they ask Mm -hmm. you about it. Um, I have some really sweet friends who will, you know, text me the next day after hard things and be like, how did that go for you? Yeah. Did it go okay? You know? Yeah. And they'll constantly be kind of like, yeah, questioning that and offering advice and prayer and their wisdom into it. And like, I could not do certain things without them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it kind of reminds me like, kind of reminds me of, you know, Jesus and the disciples, right? Because... Jesus was with the disciples or with broken people all the time, but he constantly retreated back to the mountains or back to, I don't know, wherever he went, you know, to go pray and just be alone, right? You know, because even he couldn't handle, you know, as a human, he couldn't handle being with those people all the time. He needed, you know, he needed somewhere to go to actually be, you know, filled up and to just connect with God, right? You know, and there, I don't, there was no one that could mentor Jesus, right? So his only option was God, you know, but like, you know, 
even his best disciple Peter, you know, betrayed him three times, you know. Mm. Yeah. You know, all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, totally. He would always go back to, to pray, to spend time with his father, you know, yeah. to hear his father's voice and to gain that confidence or, you know, whatever it looked like for him. Um, he also spent time with just the disciples, right? Yeah. Just teaching them, just spending time with them and mm. and showing them what it was going to look like to go without him and to walk without him and whatever, yeah. you know? And then, yeah, from there, it would be inviting other people in and, and, and like... Um, talking to people who didn't know him at all and yeah. sinners and tax collectors and all of these people that, you know, the world frowned, frowned upon. Yeah. But he didn't just spend his time with them. Right. He spent his time with his disciples as well and his father. And I think yeah. that's really important because yeah. um, I think it's hard for us to find a balance that way. I think it's easy to find a church community and just stick with it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's like, comfortable. Yeah, totally comfortable. We're all Christians. You believe the same things as me. I'm not going to be that challenged, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's, that's just not what Jesus walked out for us. It's not what his no. example was. No. Hmm. Um, two things that I've been, yeah, or one thing that I've been learning about community and how to actually build that community, especially as an adult. Um, and these things have kind of just came up over and over again the last month or so is um, this idea of if you want to build community, you need to commit to people, mm -hmm. which makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. You need to commit to your, your church, your church community. Um, you can also take that to work. You have to commit to people. It can't just be you're committed to work. You have to be committed to the people at work and getting to know them and who yeah. they are and their, mm -hmm. you know, and that means going really deep with people. You have to like, yeah. <laughs> you have to know their hurts. You have to know, <laughs> um, their victories and, yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. And it's hard to commit to people. Hmm. It's easier to commit. I think that's why we like lose friends when we quit work, right? Like yeah. you go to a different job and you lose friends because quite possibly we were more committed to the place than we were the people, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. Or even high school. Yep. We're more committed to being in high school than we were to actually the friends there. Yeah, exactly. um, and there's different seasons for different friends and stuff. But I think that that um, really boils down to how committed are we to the people in our life. Yeah. Um, mm. And then the other part of it, and like Jesus would have shown us that, yeah, he committed to his disciples, right? Um, the other part of it is once you find that tribe, that community, you're committed to these people, you start to invite other people in. And I find that that's even harder for people. It's like, well, no, I can commit to my little, you know, circle of friends, yeah. but don't ask me to be inviting other people into this because yeah. they're yeah. going to ruin it. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I've thought that so often. I'm mm. like, I don't want to invite these people because then I have to like pay attention to them. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> I have to like talk to them instead of my friends. Yeah. yeah. That would be like mm. almost painful. But we mm -hmm. have to invite other people in. I don't think it's fair of us to have a community of people and not be inviting more people into those friendships and into those places. Yeah. Um, Jesus had his disciples. They were like really good friends, right? Yeah. Really good friends. Yeah. He also had people like Lazarus and Mary and Martha and, um, you know, Zacchaeus, the tax collector. He went over to his house for supper and stuff like that. He invited more people to come and be with them and yeah. to get to know them. Yeah. I think you see that too in a lot of churches nowadays um, where people are people leave the church because you've got you know all these little cliques inside the church and nobody can break through hmm. and so it's like um, yeah you can't you can't expect the church to grow if nobody's willing to let anybody in 
as much as people can walk into the door and listen to a service, that's not what church is about. Church is about community. Church is about building into each other. Um, service is part of it. Worship is part of it. But ultimately, we're there to work together as the body of Christ. And when we close those doors to people, it doesn't grow. It, it falls apart. You know? Absolutely, right? And, and I, like it has to be more than saying hi to someone yeah like invite them to sit with you in your pew yeah yeah. (laughs) like invite them to lunch afterwards yeah Mm -hmm. invite them to whatever ministry is happening throughout the week and like reassure them you know what i'm gonna be there you can sit with me yeah exactly you know it's so easy to just think that um we can build community by saying like oh hey i'm glad you're here yeah well (laughs) <laughs> it, it's a start yes, it's for, yeah, you know yeah. and that could be a huge yeah. step for some people but like, like a walmart greeter says the same thing right yeah and exactly like, i'm not best friends with the, the guy at walmart right, right? i don't feel in community <laughs> with that person yeah, what's, what's, what's honestly the difference yeah. yeah exactly i think one of the hardest parts about community is being vulnerable with each other um and being able to share like you know your your deepest fears or the worst side of you um, often we just want to show people the best side, right? And like, there's, there's a little bit to say to that. Like when I'm hanging out with my friends, I want to be a joyful person for them. Mm-hmm. I want to yeah. bring the good things to them. You know, yeah. I don't want to yeah. always be a Debbie Downer and stuff, but at the same time, do they know the true me if they don't know what my fears are, if they don't know what, you know, my, my struggles are and if they can't pray for me because I'm not letting them into those parts of my life. Right. Um, I used to be terrified of sharing those things with people and sometimes I still am. Um, but there's this one, one night that just really helped me understand how community can lift you up. Um, it was back when I was doing junior youth with these guys, um, and a bunch of other people who were really good parts of my community and we were running a grade six night. Um, and that was separate from our regular nights. And one of my biggest fears of um, being a youth pastor was that I would run an event and nobody would show up and like we'd have regular kids showing up all the time and every Monday I would sit there and be like nobody's gonna come they're done they're sick of me they don't like me whatever you know all of these lies and stuff like that so we get to this grade six night and we're waiting around and nobody shows up (laughs) nobody (laughs) and I was like really and I don't know what happened but nobody came um and just so devastating, mm-hmm. you know, so devastating. I think two girls ended up coming and we're like, you know what, we'll go out for ice cream some other time because this is weird and awkward now. <laughs> <laughs> two girls and a bunch of leaders. Yeah. And they came late. So, 45. <laughs> yeah, like 45 minutes late. We sat there for like 45 minutes oh, just being like, where know. are the great sixers? And I just remember thinking so poorly of myself and like, this mm-hmm. must be my fault and stuff like that. And... Um, We had a whole night set up of games, worship, speaking, snack. And I just remember my youth leaders kind of coming around me and being like, well, should we go worship? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I guess so. (laughs) And so we went into the youth room and we just started worshiping. And the Mm -hmm. band got up there and all of the youth leaders, we stood around the room and we had a great worship session. Mm -hmm. And even though, like, I was literally living one of my biggest fears, they were like, no, we got you, though. Mm -hmm. You know, we got you. This is like, this is something that you struggle your fear, but it's actually not as bad as you think because we're here to lift you up. We're here to remind you of truth. You know, it's not that nobody likes you or that you're a horrible (laughs) person. You know, they're like, let's just go worship Jesus. 
and it was so good and it was one of those moments where you go oh this is why I need community this is why I need these kind of people around me mm-hmm. so that way I can live through these moments and have them carry me you know um, and I wish everyone could have that because to be able to be that vulnerable in front of a lot of people and have them just come around you and love you anyway mm-hmm. is so huge and so it's life-changing you know it's yeah. so good <laughs> um, and yeah it just really cemented in me like even just how even the father reacts to us in those moments like there's no way he would cast you aside yeah. not when not when people can come around <laughs> you he would he would come around you even more and lift you up yeah. so yeah. yeah it's yeah it was just a really tangible way that people loved me the way that Jesus would <laughs>